Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Technicolor Postcast. I'm Kate Wisman, and today I'm joined by Technicolor Visual Effects Creative Director Kevin Shandu. Kevin leads the visual effects team here in Toronto and has worked on the upcoming Netflix series Spinning Out, the fan favorite Anne with an E, and the MGM features Overboard and The Domestics. Kev, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited to be here. I kind of want to dive a little further then into spinning out, um, sure. if we can, because I know it's it's coming out in January. Um, so when did you guys get involved in that? Like, were you involved mm -hmm. scripts like before they went to camera? Like, I know that's usually the way you want things to mm -hmm. go. <laughs> was was that the case with spinning out? Great. It was a year ago wow. that we got our first scripts. Yeah. Um, or even a little bit earlier than that, over a year. And it was um, an ambitious project at the time. And long story short, when you have, you know, a, again, they're trying to recruit and cast very specific, you know, actors to play the role for the series, that the whole series is all about skating, competition skating and the drama of that and, and the struggles that these rise and fall essentially of our, our lead actors and to find actors that can skate at a competitor's level olympic level almost yeah, impossible yeah, yeah yeah it is it, it is quite impossible and it was and we had to make a commitment you know from early days in production as to how we're going to approach this methodology wise are we going to do full, fully CG characters? Are we going to do fully CG head replacements, um, 2D head, head, head face replacements? Yep. All those discussions need to happen very early on. Um, and we've seen it all very, you know, from I, Tanya to other, other smaller shows that don't do it so well. Yeah. Um, and that that's where we had to bring a level of confidence that, hey, this is how we're going to do it. Now... There are a lot of moving parts in that show that we needed to to really work out how we're going to achieve, again, face replacements, set extensions, crowd duplications, to um, creating a bigger world that the show needed. Um, and that's something we had to support and kind of plan out very early on in the script stages. And then that's all part of our process, really breaking down scripts, you know, publishing quotes, publishing, um, you know, previs to really give proof of concept that this is how we're going to do it and stay on budget. Now, when you, because I did a little bit of uh, research into I, Tanya and just how they shot it. So when you were shooting those, you know, pretty intense skating scenes where they're doing like triple axles and obviously, you know, the lead actress is not able to do a triple axle. Mm -hmm. um, do you have cameras set up around the rink? Like how do you, right. how do you shoot that type of scene? Yeah. Well, a lot of those, like, again, using the I, Tanya example, um, those were more for witness cams as they call it to really triangulate the positioning of our, our actor to simulate for tracking, simulate for match move. And again, I'm not going to get too technical, but there was a lot of uh, data capture that needed to happen. Um, for, for our purposes, we made a very conscious effort um, or decision, I should say, as to what we needed to, to capture. Because I think when we went into it originally, oh, we're going to go full CG and really, you know, reinvent the wheel here. Yeah. Um, 
But in the end, honestly, as we we went through the process and we did full CG scans of all our actors, uh, developed the faces and everything else too, it was, um, it really was a a good, you know, exploration. But then as we got down to access to actors, access to like shooting, you know, various plates and it just wasn't fitting into the production schedule. Um, so we had to quickly reevaluate how best to to look at the production schedule while not compromising on, you know, look, aesthetic, or end result, but give give the producers the peace of mind that okay, we're gonna hit budget, we're gonna hit timeline uh, schedule just on delivery. Um, so we ended up kind of rethinking, and we went more of a two D approach, meaning you know traditional uh, face replacement, but that that still involved quite a bit of planning um, and also second unit shooting, uh, which I was uh, I was involved with and oversaw. Um, but that being said, it was just, again, uh, a lot of decisions that you know, we had to, to build that confidence to, to give them and them being the producers and Netflix the confidence that, hey, this is going to look great. And I think in the end, they were very happy with it. What would you say your average shot count would be okay. per episode? No, very good question. Like, it even surprised me. You know, going into episode to episode based on script, we had, you know, less than 50 shots. I mean, 50 being the max. When we just we just closed the series, over 670 shots we completed for the series. Wow. It was huge. It, obviously, the beginning episode and, and first and last were the biggest. Yeah. Over 100 plus shots each. A lot of it was crowd duplication and face replacements, um, yeah. essentially, uh, which was the bulk lion's share of the of the series. We had a lot of creative bits in it. Again, uh, too much to list, but again, some of the the set extensions were they, again creating a much bigger world of of where they were skating, and uh, um, it was actually taking place at a ski lodge. So we had to create mountainscapes and everything else too. So it was. Uh, did Mother Nature uh, play along with the snow details? Um, no, good, good question. <laughs> you know, here in Ontario, Canada, it's uh, weather is up and down. Yeah. So yes, we did have to level out environments and everything else too across the the series because again, we started shooting right in the middle of winter and then wrapping in spring. So you can only imagine. Yeah, and you think that. that you can count on a Canadian winter, exactly. but sometimes you can't. Yeah. <laughs> what software did you use to do the? Um, the scans of the faces. Right. Is, I'd be, I'm just curious. No, no, absolutely. With um, the scanning of the faces, now, again, this is when we're going more of a 3D uh, approach. Yeah. We had, ended up using photogrammetry, um, and that's where we, we actually uh, went over to Mr. X, where they had a, a photogrammetry rig set up. Right. Where it's like 60 cameras set up in a, a little white tent, tented room. And all these, they fire off at the same time, capturing that moment in time. But every single angle you can imagine on on someone's face or body. Yeah. So then that is um, brought into uh, our soft, not our software, but it's called Agisoft yeah. uh, PhotoScan, um, which we use just to to now digitally create that that face. Now that's just one small piece of the puzzle, we still need to process from texturing and, and further modeling details to really make it a fully realized 3D asset. Our 2D approach was a little bit different where, 
again, we, we ended up doing all our compositing of the face replacements in Nuke, uh, where we, again, as I mentioned, we shot and I directed all the second unit material over a course of three days to capture every single angle um, and facial expression that we can possibly use to replicate all our actors on on ice. And it wasn't just the the single lead actor. We talked about maybe six actors that we need to, to do face replacements on. And we were at didn't wasn't there um set up at Tribros? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. went on that. It was pretty impressive. Very, the very inside, impressive. The, the yeah. inside of the yeah. ski lodge. Yeah. It felt like you like literally it was you're out in a lodge at skiing. Like it's just it's, it's just amazing to see what they can build in. Yeah, they did a know, really in, good interior. job. So you said you worked on it for about a year then, start to finish, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I would say shy of a year. We just delivered maybe, I think, the last QC fix a couple weeks ago, um, and it's airing in January. And, yeah, it's been a journey because, again, the shot counts kept growing. I think this is where working very closely with our, our producers, you know, they had a very keen eye for you know, because again, they wanted the best, you know, they, they, you know, every time they didn't want any compromises. So I think this is where, you know, I definitely applaud them for, for pushing us um, and, and even working with us to try to see where we can strengthen the show overall, because again, it's a collaboration. Now, who, who was your main creative driver client-wise? Yeah, Samantha Stratton. Yeah. You know, great creator. I, I definitely enjoyed working very closely with her. Um, you know, just building on that partnership, um, you know, not, not only did she trust what, you know, my eye was, but even how we can make things better and what's, what's reasonable, you know, again, trying to really work through and, and really managing the budget as well is very important, but, you know, creative to creative, I want to make sure that at least that's met. And then, you know, behind the scenes, we'll, we'll, we'll find a solution, you know? Right, right. I think we're able to do that. Um, you know, obviously had the opportunity to work on the title sequence for that show as well. Right. Uh, I worked very closely with Samantha on that. Now, what do you, what excites you most? Kind of what's coming down the pipe in visual effects, you think? What's on the horizon? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, I just saw, well, Frozen 2, I think. You know, not everyone's seen it, but, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of great advancements in, in that movie that I was like, wow, that looked really good, even though it was an animation. There is, there's, there's certain things that I'm seeing now that it's like, wow. And what excites me, and again, this is where, you know, from our business standpoint, really trying to dive in a little bit further because I've done a lot of it already. And, I, you know, we're just coming off of spinning out a lot of face uh, you know, augmentation, replacement. But you're seeing this in all these feature film movies. We have de-aging or, 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 or digital doubles, like Gemini oh, Man to... The Irishman. Uh, Irishman, exactly. Yeah. Like, I've yet to see The Irishman, but I, I, I'm looking forward to it. And I feel like, I know it doesn't seem like, you know, anything new, but it's just the art of doing that and the efficiencies on how better to do that, that work. And the digital doubles is, is, I don't know, it excites me. And not being pulled out of the story yeah, because of it. Because I think that's, that's the, exactly. the trick, right? Because exactly. I've, I've watched some where you're just so fixated yeah. on that's actually not them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. it can pull you out of the story. Correct. I find with me anyway. No, I think for a lot of people, <laughs> for sure. You're not the only one. 
Well, Kev, I am so glad that you were able to come down here. I know our listeners are going to really enjoy getting to know you a bit better. I know. I'm glad I know you. Yes. (laughs) 20 years later, you better know me. 20 years later, honestly. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Kate.